I, I remember he came to us with frustration about property management and said, can you guys do property management? We said, sure. <laughs> and then we went and figured it out. We, we and, literally Googled it. <laughs> and and th that was a major inflection point in our business because that was the start of us doing commercial property management. From Griseta Partners, this is Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where hosts Joe Meritori and Ryan Suela demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. So we were talking recently about uh, inflection points in our business and key turning points in our business and some of the people who have been a part of that, uh, almost like a, a little bit of a hall of fame, but mm -hmm. when you've done this for 15 years, there were points along the way when certain people uh, had a need or saw something in us that maybe we didn't even see in ourselves uh, that shifted the outcome of our business and our lives. Uh, who, who are some of the people for you that had a big impact and what were some of the chain, inflection points in, in our business that you've seen? Well, I'm thinking early on from the beginning, you know, we started the business December of 2008, the be beginning of the Great Recession. Dark times. And we joked around for years that, you know, we never knew what a good year looked like anyway, so we were, <laughs> we were fine. Um, but early on, there was uh, one guy in particular, Steve Ensley, who was really influential for us in our business because uh, he, we started out with a consulting arrangement with him, a retainer relationship that allowed us to have a regular income as we're just growing and starting our business. And he really kind of took us under his wing and we were able to work hard for him in many different capacities from asset management to leasing to whatever. And uh, I look back on that as had Steve not been there at that time, it, you know, our business would look different than it does today. Yeah. I think of Mark Bailly, uh, based out of uh, Clovis, but I knew him in Manteca and he was a, uh, Vice President of Special Assets for Delta Bank, since been acquired. But at that moment, there was a lot of work out on, on those loans and a lot of buildings that they needed to solve. And he was recommend, I was recommended to him through a, a board member of theirs. But we, we just gelled and I ended up helping them sell all the special assets in their portfolio that needed to be sold. But the first deals we worked on, I remember one was a, a five-plex apartment, and it had two inches of sewage in the basement. In downtown Stockton. In downtown Stockton. <laughs> uh, and we worked on these on a pretty ratty office building. But at the time, it was like, you bet. We're, you know, I, couldn't, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I'm on it. It. <laughs> it was great. We sold the land together, uh, some other office buildings. But what was really great is uh, becoming a trusted advisor for him and becoming a... a you know, part of that team. Like we, we solved problems together and, and that, that's informed the rest of my career. Just like with us, I've always looked for teams where I can uh, magnify the other person and experience the same and together we can do things that couldn't be done. And Mark was the, one of the first people in my career that, that, did, that did that for me and I really enjoyed working with him. I, I remember another thing about Mark is uh, he came to us with frustration about property management and said, can you guys do property management? And we said, sure. <laughs> and then we went and figured it out. We, we literally Googled it. <laughs> and, 
And that was a major inflection point in our business because that was the start of us doing commercial property management. And number one, we've learned a ton in that amount of time. But number two, as we invest today, our management team, the expertise there, the experience there, the shared wisdom has been a tremendous advantage as we're, we're buying properties. Well, we're an IRAM accredited firm now. We're both certified property managers. Yeah. We've got, our, our team has been built around this, but it started that at that moment when the client said, you guys do property management? And, <laughs> and we, we said, yes. We were young enough and dumb enough or whatever to say, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I think of another similar situation a few years later when we were uh, handling the disposition of a shopping center because of a relationship that we had in the brokerage community. Um, in Stockton and the buyers of that shopping center at that point we had done management but we had not managed any large properties but the buyers of that center Jeff Leon Evan Lillivan they they took a bet on us and they uh, saw that we were hardworking and that we didn't act as though we knew everything but rather were willing to learn and they were willing to to take on that because of the level of ownership that they saw and I still look back at some of the fumbles and learning curves that we had taking on a 125,000 square foot shopping center. And that, uh, that propelled us to that next level up to be able to feel very comfortable uh, managing or acquiring a 100,000 square foot office building, a 200,000 square foot shopping center. But it was because they took a chance on us and and were willing to work with us as we, we grew into that expertise. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that saying, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Or, you know, when the business is ready, the client will appear. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something in that vein of, of having the right attitude and the right desire where the phone rings when, when you need the phone to ring. Yeah, and speaking of the student and the teacher appearing, uh, another person that's been really pivotal, pivotal in our business and someone who we can actually track our growth trajectory with starting working with this person is Greg Campbell. Yeah. Uh, we, we connected with him kind of fortuitously, but he was willing to take us on as a essentially a, a client that he advised or helped with. And he has always been there pushing us to that next level and asking those uncomfortable questions about how far we can go and what we think we can accomplish and, and, and pushing the limits of our, of our capabilities. Yeah. For, for people who are watching, Greg Campbell uh, was the chief operating officer and one of seven owners of Coldwell Banker Company. Uh, he was one of the original uh, employees in America of Richard Ellis Corporation, which became CB Richard Ellis, which became CBRE. Um, but uh, he's now retired and doing some consulting, but through someone else, he met us. And even when we were a tiny business, you know, that that didn't deserve his talent, he was willing to be on a call with us every week and (laughs) listen to us talk about our our issues. He was our first board member, and today he's now an official board member of our company. But uh, I, I love that he saw us through infancy, really, to growing to where we are and, and certainly to where we hope to grow too. And that's been a great source of wisdom. And, and his insights 
have been even more valuable as we grow. You know, it, it was incredibly valuable when we were younger, but now as we've grown into a larger business, uh, his, his guidance along the way has just been tremendous. You're listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast. We understand the world of commercial real estate can be daunting, but we want to make it as simple as possible for you. Get the free 56-point checklist for evaluating investment properties that Grisada Partners uses every day at grisadapartners.com slash guides. What are, what are some other inflection points you can think of? Well, I, was, I think just this year, uh, and we, we've talked a little bit about Ali Nadimi. He's, he's on an episode of our podcast here. But he's a, he's a broker in Sacramento that we've, uh, we're doing about $50 million in worth of business with this year. Um, and what's interesting is this is uh, an agent who saw, who saw something in us in a way that he started bringing deals to us and uh, seeing what we could be in this town. And it, it's, it's been wonderful. It's helped, helped us go from one small building to now we're in escrow on a large office building and 150 units of apartments. And there's a couple other deals we're kicking tires on, but the momentum here and the opportunity has been uh, outstanding. So... Yeah, that's been exciting. We uh, last year, the total amount that we acquired last year was about 35, 40 million. And just in a couple transactions that we're working on right now with Ali, yeah, we'll exceed that. And certainly for the year, we'll we'll substantially exceed what we did last year. So absolutely. One thing I find is that the skill exists with within us. Uh, It's like you have to you have to awaken and see yourself in that role. I mean, the transaction we did prior to the two we're doing right now was $4 million. Today we're doing $40 million. And um, we, certainly we've, we've done larger deals, Century Center, $25 million. Um, but we're capable of that if we're willing to uh, understand that and see that in ourselves. And it's powerful, especially when others see that in us mm-hmm. and reinforce that. And it's great to work as a team when both parties see greater potential in each other. And I think of kind of a closed worldview versus an open worldview. When you go into situations and relationships with kind of that open worldview, you uncover opportunities that you never would would have otherwise. And with each of those inflection points, with each of those people, it's it required both parties really to come with kind of an open mind frame and see how that opportunity unfolded. And obviously, each of those individuals saw something in us or what we were doing, and we were there and ready to respond to that opportunity as well. Yeah. So I just encourage, as, as people are going through life, always having that kind of open worldview or open mind frame allows you to spot opportunities that Otherwise, you may not. Yeah. We have the motto in our company that we create environments that transform people's lives. If I look at that with a little bit of a selfish angle, one thing I've seen is that as we transform other people's lives, our lives are transformed. Mm-hmm. And the real joy of building this company has been in the personal transformation um, internally in relationships. When you lead with abundance, when you lead with hands open, when you lead with thinking about how you can add value to other people, it without fail, 
it comes back around. And the, the joy is one that's mutual and shared. And it, yeah. you know, it springs from our, our relationship too, which is that over the 35 years that we've been friends and the 15 years we've been business yeah. partners, we've, we've built that together. And that's, uh, that's what life's about. Like, yeah. that's, what life, that's what life's about. And I, I really enjoy opening, uh, approaching life um, with an, a sort of abundance or open-handed uh, approach. Yeah, and like you mentioned at the beginning, kind of a hall of fame. The other thing that uh, I think helps us in this is to have the gratitude and to look back on those people that were part of an inflection point in our in our business, because it's very easy to just be focused forward and also not recognize the people that were involved in those moments, because those people, frankly may not even have realized the impact that they had at that time, yeah. but to be able to give them that due you know, credit and, and to recognize that, yeah, that they played an important part in, in our journey, I think is important. And I think that as we're now in a position to sometimes be in the Hall of Fame of people we work with, younger people, interns, mm-hmm. people getting started, um, or, or very experienced people, um, I think that's important to reflect on. And often I see, uh, often I see people's lives where I can play a small impact or provide a little bit of vision or leadership or a spark of something, or or and see confidence in them in a way that maybe they don't see in themselves. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. And, right. So, I think for people that are listening to this podcast this morning too, there's probably people today, there's probably people in their lives that, that they can be in the Hall of Fame for as well. And life's uh, more enjoyable when you, when, you, when you do that. Yep. And sometimes it's just a little effort that me- makes a big difference in that person's traje- trajectory. So. Yeah. Especially as investors, we are, in the, we are in the business of doing things now for a payoff in the future. And... Uh, even as we invest in other people, a lot of times that payoff isn't directly for us. That's, that's an investment in the future, and, and that's, that's tremendously yeah. gratifying. Yep. Yeah, speaking of Ali, Nadimi, we started working with him back when we were working with Steve Ensley, yeah. well, 15, 15 years earlier. And who would have thought that today we would be doing the kind of transaction volume that we're doing with him? Who would have thought that he would be doing that? Well, 15 years ago, he was a junior on a brokerage team, and we were juniors working yeah, with a client. And and I reflect on that a little bit to think that people move in and out of your life, and you don't know what connections will transcend into future opportunities. Yeah. And I think there's an important point there, which is, number one, treat everybody well, because you never know when that relationship will come back around in some other way. But the other thing that I recognize is planting those seeds, uh, kind of as Ali mentioned earlier in his podcast, planting those seeds takes time. And developing those relationships takes time. And you can have a very short-term outlook that inhibits your ability to grow 
but being willing to develop relationships and start conversations that may take years to translate into opportunity. It's the investor long game versus the short game. Yeah. I think when it comes to relationships, um, it's important to, I, I tend to approach life with the idea that you hold things uh, loosely. Um, n- nothing is owned. And there will be relationships that come in and out of your life. And uh, I'm not talking about my wife or my kids. <laughs> yeah. But with regards to my, my business career, um, there will be themes where a group may come together for a while and it works really well. And then, you know, interests diverge or capacities or capabilities or uh, visions of the world diverge. And, and those, can, those can come together and come apart as, um, you know, as is appropriate. But so I, on the one hand, you, you don't know who you're going to be working with. But on the other hand, you need to be open to working with people that you don't work with now and to finding new relationships and to seeing where that might take you. And um, I think that's really important. You, you can't hang on to things tightly. Uh, I, I often think that what got you to here won't get you to there. And so it's a mix of both uh, celebrating the past and allowing the right parts of that to continue with you and also being open to where what's next and where you should be headed. So b- back to Ali as an example, right at this moment, we're doing a lot of work together and that's really exciting and I hope that that, and I plan for that to continue and I also look uh, for other relationships where we can add value and where value will come. And I think that touches a little bit on that phrase of luck is when opportunity or preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah. The inflection points that we've talked about in our business while there was a person or a circumstance that started that off, it also was our willingness to step in and do it yeah. that, that allowed that to flourish. So I think as, as people who are listening in here think about their lives, the, the willingness to step in and, and try something is a, a really important part, I think, of, of business and of uh, finding opportunities in life. Yeah. Well, and I, th- there's uh, small apartment buildings like we started with, with two inches of sewage that need to be solved in life. <laughs> and there's uh, $100 million problems that need to be solved in life. And uh, in this life, there will be someone to fit uh, every piece of that. And one thing I've enjoyed about our trajectory is each time we've solved uh, one issue or another, we've sort of elevated the next level and said, all right, how do we solve that next thing? How do we solve that next piece? And you know, this year or next year, I think we'll solve $100 million worth of buildings and, and, and beyond that. But as we build our aptitude and ability and vision for that and team that can do that, it's been a joy to step up and keep moving to that next thing and being able to add value at that next level. Yep. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit crusadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post, Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.